Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome into the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky centric podcast powered by MileHighSports.com. I am your co host, Anilo Piro. Part of the crew that makes up our Rockies team at Mile High Sports, uh, looking to bring you guys some of the best and most diverse coverage of the Colorado Rockies out there on the interwebs, in the magazine, the whole nine. Um, Just a little bit about Mile High Sports. If you don't know already, be sure to check out our online site at milehighsports.com. We have reporters dedicated to every single team, including the college sports and the uh, lacrosse teams out here. So if you're a lacrosse fan, be sure to check out milehighsports.com. If you're a four major sports fans, I know TJ McBride, who is uh, the head of the Nuggets beat, locking down coverage over there for the Nuggets playoff series against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, For myself and and Luke Zalman, my partner in crime, for the Rocky stuff, we got you covered uh, from from head to toe, really, with everything from podcasts to post-game takeaways to feature articles to columns. So be sure to check us out at MyLifeSports.com. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at MediaByAP if you want to keep up with my writing and my podcasting and whatnot. Also on Instagram at AVP.media. Just launched that this season. I'm looking to build a little bit of a following on there. So if you're at all interested interested in following my work, be sure to follow me on those two social media platforms. But we are here to talk about the Colorado Rockies, uh, the 5-12 and 12 Colorado Rockies at that. But, uh, you know, it, it's been an interesting season so far for Colorado. Um, really, you know, out of the gate, things did not go their way. Offensively, they struggled. The starting pitching was awful. And it really just looked like they had taken two steps back. But, you know, here, here we are, um, you know, here in the middle of April, and the Rockies seem to maybe have turned a turned a corner here, uh, sitting with a record of five and twelve, with uh, going into this game against San Diego here tonight with back to back wins coming against the Giants and San Diego yesterday. So the Rockies definitely look like they are trending in the right direction, both with their starting pitching and at the plate. So we'll definitely be interesting to see if they can keep that up later tonight against the Padres in the series finale. Kind of an interesting two-game series for the Rockies, you know, not the traditional three- or four-game uh, that, we're, that we're all typically used to when it comes to MLB scheduling. But just a look here tonight, John Gray on the mound for the Rockies. Gray is 0-3 with an ERA of 4.19 on the season. And, and you know, those... those Numbers are a little bit uh, misleading, in my opinion. Gray has really been better than his record states. He's really kept the Rockies in just about every single game that he's uh, started this season so far, with the exception of one. But really, two strong starts for Gray uh, in his last two outings. So it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, keep the Rockies consistent on the mound, if he can keep uh, himself consistent on the mound, and if he can help push, push this Rockies team forward, now looking for their third consecutive victory, which would certainly be a major positive for the club, um, c- considering how poorly they did start this season. Before we really dive into some of the hottest topics surrounding the club, let's take a second to talk about some injuries and, and kind of update the news here surrounding the club. Um, the Rockies announced yesterday that catcher, veteran catcher Chris Iannetta has been placed on the 10-day injured list with a right lat strain, so no Iannetta for 10 days um, he just becomes the latest player now to hit the injured list joining Ryan McMahon David Dahl Tyler Anderson Antonio Sensatella was on that list earlier in the season Chris Russin still finds himself on the list after starting the year on the shelf so just another casualty to the injured list for the Colorado Rockies
Rockies, as well as David Dahl. David Dahl, I, I think I left him out there. Uh, he's also on the 10-day disabled list, making his way back from injury. Um, in, in accordance with the move to Ionetta, the Colorado Rockies have recalled catcher Drew Butera. You might remember him from last season where he kind of came up with the team late in the year and was on that postseason roster. So a, a nice veteran presence behind the dish to compliment Tony Walters. You know, Butera is not really known for anything specifically. Um, you know, a, just a good solid backup option for the Rockies to have while Chris Ionetta um, recovers from that lat strain. Uh, moving on here, Chad Bettis has been moved to the bullpen uh, in a long relief role with Tyler Anderson set to return from injury. Anderson dealing with inflammation, which is uh, kind of a recurring injury for him in his career so far. So an interesting move nonetheless, one that I think we all could have seen coming considering Bettis' struggles. Bettis really has not done a great job of uh, being consistent and, and really putting the Rockies in, in, a, in a good position to win games. I know he was solid in his last time out, but history tells you that, especially at this point in his career, Bettis might really profile better as a long reliever. Uh, especially given some of the options that the Rockies are going to have with Tyler Anderson and Antonio Senzatella. So it looks like, for the time being at least, Chad Bettis will be moved to the bullpen in anticipation of Tyler Anderson's return. Obviously, that could change throughout the year based on injury, based on need and performance, but for the time being, it does look like Bettis will make his new home in the bullpen, which I definitely think is a smart move, like I said, you know, given some of the other options that this club has. Um, in addition, one other small move, Noel Cuevas was called up and Jonathan Daza was sent down, uh, just a straight one-for-one -one swap from the AAA farm system. So I believe Cuevas hit for the cycle earlier in the season with uh, the Albuquerque Isotopes, so maybe some offensive presence there for the Rockies, um, you know, and Daza really struggled, uh, you know, given his opportunities in his first major league stint. So a little bit of news and notes there for the Rockies, who have been banged up to say the least to start the season, but, you know, as time passes, this team will start to get healthier, Murphy will come back, McMahon and Dahl seem to be on the horizon as well as Anderson, so, I, you know, I think you have to assume that as some of these, you know, key players and key components come back that the team's performance should improve moving forward so definitely some positive signs for the Rockies here in the middle of April but you know as I kind of led in here with could this be the Rockies turning it around you know at this point in the season we sit here in the middle of April a handful of weeks under their belt uh, in this 2019 season and one that is loaded with optimism and you know as I kind of alluded to earlier uh, in the podcast they really have gotten off to a putrid start, you know, an unacceptable start for a team with postseason aspirations, let alone one that's trying to make the postseason for the third consecutive season. So back-to-back -back wins, one coming against the San Francisco Giants, the other coming against the San Diego Padres Monday night. Um, you know, so there's, there's really a lot to kind of dive into between these two games, but offensively, I think, is where you've seen the most improvement uh, recently here. Nolan Arenado heating up, Ian Desmond heating up, all great signs for the Rockies as, you know, those power bats have really struggled to get going so far this season, but real quick, the let's talk about Sunday's effort against the San Francisco Giants. Their four to nothing victory to snap an eight game losing streak. We're not going to talk about the game too much outside of starting pitcher Herman Marquez. And, and in my personal opinion, Marquez is the strongest pitcher in the Rockies starting rotation. I think he has the most versatile stuff. I think he has the best composure, and I do think that he has the 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 most Cy Young potential of the Rockies' arms, and that is not a discredit to Kyle Freeland. Freeland is a superb pitcher, um, although he has struggled so far this season. I just think Sensatella, uh, or not Sensatella, excuse me, I think Marquez really has an edge there. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player, and you know, the Rockies recently signing him to that five-year, $43 million contract extension 
Definitely a good move for them, uh, you know, especially considering how he performed in Sunday's ball game. Um, he threw a complete game shutout and retired the first batters that he faced while striking out nine total in the game, um, giving up only one hit on a ball that Nolan Arenado, you know, sacrificed his life for that he was unable to get to. Uh, but, but just a pure dominance for Marquez, albeit against the San Francisco Giants team that could be one of the worst in baseball this year. Uh, but it really came at a critical time for the Rockies, you know, and riding an eight-game losing streak on the brinks of getting swept by the San Francisco Giants. Giants on the road. Senza, or, uh, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Senzatella, but Marquez able to go out there Sunday afternoon and really deliver the dominant performance in the outing that the Rockies needed. So definitely a positive sign. We'll be interesting to see how he continues to trend this season, but he is... In, in terms of potential, I think has the highest ceiling amongst the Rockies starting pitching. So definitely an encouraging sign there. And, you know, the other reason that it's encouraging is although the Rockies had been on an eight-game losing streak up to that point, John Gray, like I said earlier, had a couple of good starts. Chad Bettis was marginal. Um, the Rockies were getting good performance out of their starting rotation and their bullpen. Their offense wasn't just picking it up, but the Rockies did win that game Sunday by a score of 4 to nothing. So the, the bats able to support Marquez and put more than, you know, one or two runs up on the scoreboard. Um, obviously, you know, the important part of baseball is stringing hits together, stringing runs together, and with that stringing wins together. And the Rockies were able to do that Monday night defeating the San Diego Padres 5-2 to here on April 15th. Um, probably the most complete performance from the Rockies' offense, I would say, getting contributions from Nolan Arenado and Ian Desmond. And we'll talk about Desmond here later in this podcast, but let's focus here on Nolan Arenado. Um, you know, he hit his second home run in his second consecutive game Monday night, so he he could be getting get going home runs in back-to-back games for the Rockies, which is definitely a positive sign. Um, you know, in his, his first home run, he was really came at a critical time. Rockies only up two to one against the division rival Padres and Nolan comes through and delivers a solo shot to kind of help separate the gap between on the scoreboard for the Rockies uh, which is definitely something that you want to see from your you know your power hitter and your marquee player the face of the franchise so Nolan looks like he's um started to get going after struggling out of the gate in 2019. Um, with that, he endured the longest home run drought of his career to start a season. Obviously, that has now ended with back-to-back games with home runs. So um, definitely great to see Nolan kind of snapping out of his slump. The Rockies really, really need him to come through. You know, he was very underwhelming to start the season. And, you know, they didn't sign him to a $200-plus contract to strike out and not hit home runs. So the pressure is definitely on Nolan to live up to, this, to, you know, to the life of this contract, um, live up to the expectation, and really help help lead this Rockies team into the forefront into the future starting this year. I mean, the, the window is definitely open with the Rockies now that we know that Marquez and, and Arenado are locked up for the long term. The, you know, that's a pillar in your rotation and a pillar in your lineup. So good to see Nolan get, a, get going here um, after really starting the season poorly. Moving over, let's talk about starting the season poorly. That is uh, Mr. Ian Desmond himself, the five-year contract uh, man. Desmond has really started to get going here in these past couple of games, putting together better at-bats, albeit his batting average is still below the Mendoza line. But, you know... does anybody really expect Desmond to hit for average at this point? And, you know, it's unfortunate. If I was in, the, I don't want to say if I was in the position, but there have been times in his tenure with the Rockies that, in my opinion, he's borderline unplayable. I mean, he he's just so shaky at times to play a strikeout machine, a double play machine, and it's definitely infuriating for fans uh, and, you know, peep Rockies people everywhere, you know, to consistently watch this guy go up to the batter's box and fail. Um, you know, but in, two, in Monday night's victory, 
Desmond really put the Rockies team on his back. Uh, you know, he had a uh, RBI double early on in the game in the second inning to give the Rockies their first runs in the first or second innings this season. So definitely a positive there. And then he also hit a home run later on in his later on in the game, his first of the season, which is definitely a positive for him. Again, considering you know what he went through, um, you know, at the start of the season and really the entirety of his Rockies career. And you know, like I kind of said, no one really expects Desmond to hit for average at this point, considering how just poor he's performed as a member of the Rockies, but he can still contribute. You know, if you take a look back at last season, he was able to drive in 88 runs and hit 20 home runs. That is definitely productive, you know, from anybody. So if Desmond can continue to drive in runs in clutch situations and hit home runs, two things that he demonstrated in this game against the Padres, that's got to be, you know, a positive for the Rockies, especially just considering how dismal he has been in his Rockies career. It's it's really, you know, kind of frightening to see how bad he has been, especially considering all the money that the Rockies put into him um, with the contract that he signed as a free agent. So, you know, hopefully this is the start of something new for Desmond. Maybe he could start to contribute more often for the Rockies via home runs and driving in runs. So definitely encouraging sign. And listen, he it's interesting that he gets starts to get going against San Diego. Desmond has thrived against the Padres since joining the Rockies. He is one of only six... Uh, of Rockies players to hit six or more home runs at Petco Park, joining Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Todd Helton, Carlos Gonzalez, and Troy Tulowitzki. So maybe this series against the Padres could really kind of get him going, energize him, and you know help propel him moving forward as the Rockies are going to need it. And especially with you know Daniel Murphy, McMahon, and Dahl all out, Colorado really needs to lean on their veteran presence, guys like Arenado and Desmond. So uh, definitely want to see these guys continue to you know perform well in the field. We'll be interesting to see how they finish the series against San Diego before coming home for, I believe, a seven-game homestand, um, starting with the Philadelphia Phillies on Thursday at Coors Field. So good thing to see Desmond uh, get going for sure. Let's move over to the starting rotation, and, and let's talk about Antonio Sensatella. Sensatella has really been off. Um, he, he's bounced around between the Major League roster and the bullpen and AAA for each of the past three seasons. I remember when he came up in, I believe, 2017, he really put together some strong starts at the beginning of the year and kind of faded as the year progressed. But I, I think Sensatella is a very, very solid pitcher, a guy that profiles as, you know, maybe a three, four, or five, you know, a back end of the rotation kind of arm, but one that is serviceable and one that can limit the damage nonetheless. Uh, it sends a tele made his his uh, major league, not his major league debut, he made his season debut for the Rockies uh, in their victory Monday night against the San Diego Padres. He really, really did a good job. He was sidelined to start the season with a heel infection. Uh, he The 24-year-old looked sharp in San Diego, hurling 6.2 innings, allowing just one run on while hit, one hit while striking out four batters. So, you know, anytime you can throw close to seven innings with only one hit and one run, that, that's what you could, That's all you could ask for any given night. I mean, that's about as good as it's going to get on a consistent level. So really nice to see Sensatella, um, you know, dominate for the most part in his first start as he's kind of shown in the past the big thing with him is consistency and working deeper into ball games you know his arm strength has been called into question in in, in the past but he definitely has the potential to stick in that rotation should he be consistent and, and you know prove an ability to pitch deep into ball games. And you know, like I kind of talked about earlier here, Chad Bettis was the Rockies' primary option as their fifth starter in the back end of the rotation. And you know, historically, Bettis isn't really you know a, a doesn't you know really pitch deep into ball games. You know, for the most part, I think when you see Chad Bettis on the mound, six innings is about as high as his threshold will go consistently. Whereas Sensatella, I think there's definitely a little bit more upside there. And you know, as I talked about. Cons- 
considering his age right now, I think Bettis definitely could profile uh, you know better as a long reliever, and I think he can serve more purposes for the Rockies in the bullpen. Whereas a guy like Senzatella, just 24 years old, you know, still a lot of growth, still a high ceiling, and, and possesses the ability to be an impact arm for this Rockies rotation and a cost-effective one at that. Obviously, you know, like I said, 24 years old on his first contract with arbitration years, you know, still ahead. So if he can get going and really legitimize the back end of that Rockies rotation, I think that would be phenomenal. So it's it's definitely been an interesting kind of go around for this club so far to start the season. But listen, their past two games have certainly been an, an encouraging sign. You know, it'd be really nice if they can pick up this win against San Diego here tonight on Tuesday. It's a really, I mean, it's a two game set, but they would sweep that, really get some momentum. That'd be three wins in a row for them. Now with an off day on Wednesday before coming back to Colorado for, you know, a big series against Philadelphia. Uh, things, as it stands right now, things are as good as they have been so far, uh, you know, as good as they've been this season for the Rockies. And you definitely want to see them try to capture that momentum and run with it. You know, they're 5-12 they're and 12 in last place in the National League West. While, you know, they've, they've definitely dug themselves a hole, but one that they could climb out of. And you'd like to see that process start sooner rather than later. You know, especially, you know, I kind of talked about it as well. The past two seasons have been magnificent for them. They've taken strides in each of those seasons, and this is really the year, you know, year three of trying to make the postseason, and not just trying to make the postseason, but thriving in it. Um, You know, not trying to be a wild card, shooting for the division title. Um, You know, obviously you have to go through the Los Angeles Dodgers to do that, but, you know, this is the year that we need to see this team make strides if you think that they're legitimately going to be a World Series contender. You know, they don't have a lot of credibility around the league. They really don't. A lot of people think that these past two seasons have been a little bit fluky. You know, people think of the Rockies as a good team, but one that could be great, I'm not so sure. And, you know, I've, I've talked about it so much to start this season. It's not going to be a cakewalk to the National League wildcard, or it's not going to be as easy as it has been in years past due to the increased competition. I mean, let's let's look at the divisions. They're going to have two teams for sure in the National League West between the Rockies and the Dodgers vying for that title. Only one of them could potentially get the wild card spot. And, you know, let's not forget San Diego, who have definitely, you know, turned it on a little bit this season. And, you know, with Tatis Jr. and Machado, they might have a chance, especially if they make some moves at the end of the day, de- you know, closer to the trade deadline. So you can't count out um, the San Diego Padres. So you have two teams for sure in the running for the division. And then you move over to the Central, where you have three. You have the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago Cubs, and the Milwaukee. Brewers all fighting for one division title you know and those other two teams that I you know whichever one doesn't win those other two clubs are are fantastic teams so that's going to be tough the NL East is going to be tough NL East the NL East is going to be tough with the New York Mets the Atlanta Braves the Philadelphia Phillies you know it's going to be a dog race um, you know for both all three division titles in the National League as well as the two wildcard spots so you really want to see this Rockies team start to turn it around like I said you're going to have reinforcements with Daniel Murphy coming back, McMahon, Dahl, Anderson, Russin. This is only going to help him, you know, improve the complexion of the team and their outlook moving forward. But, you know, for the time being, they're going to have to continue to play small ball and lean on guys like Desmond, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, and especially their rotation with Freeland Marquez. So, like I said, the Rockies have dug themselves a hole, but one that they could certainly climb out of if they, you know, really start to pick up their play here recently, as they've shown signs of with back-to-back wins versus the San Francisco Giants and the San Diego Padres. So, Rockies' first pitch coming up tonight around 7 o'clock Mountain Time in San Diego. will be interesting to see how John Gray is on the mound for Colorado. Rockies currently riding a two-game winning streak, hopefully looking to make that a three-game winning streak before coming back to Colorado for a big, big homestand that could help turn their season around. But that's 
that's going to do it for me, folks. I will be back at the ballpark starting Thursday all throughout the Rockies homestand. So, you know, both myself and Luke will be there. So be sure to catch up with all of the Rockies content on milehighsports.com. You can listen to podcasts just like this on iTunes, on Spreaker, a lot of different places you can listen to this stuff. You can read on milehighsports.com. Also check out Bleacher Report. I know a lot of you guys probably have the Bleacher Report app downloaded on your phone. And if you're not too familiar with the Rockies team stream, on Bleacher Report, definitely check that out because Bleacher Report has picked up a lot of our articles here moving forward, um, and they've really done a good job of incorporating our content into their team stream, so be sure to check us out there. On the social media stuff as well, be sure to follow me on Twitter at MediaByAP and on Instagram at AVP.Media. I'm going to be posting some behind-the-scenes footage, some pictures of the ballpark, some pictures of ballpark food, uh, trying to give you guys a little bit more of an inside scoop on what it's like to cover the team and and really what's going on in the day-to-day operations of the club. But that is going to do it for me, guys, for uh, for milehighsports.com. We will talk to you later.